You have nothing to do with your skill, Bayless. As I was saying, Joy Taylor, every dog has a day, and since I'm a big dog, I've got two days. So now, you just call yourself a yeah, I'm a dog. Welcome back to Betting the Grid. It's your host, Jack and Pat. Pat, what's going on, man? Happy race week. How you doing? Happy race week. Happy to be back. And uh, yeah, looking forward to a nice Saudi Arabian GP. Man, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, am I pronouncing it right? Is it Jeddah? Jeddah? Jeddah. That... Jeddah. All right, yeah. So the Jeddah race, uh, it's not because I didn't know it. It's because I want to be sensitive to other cultures. Um, so before we get into it, uh, just to read our quick disclosure, uh, we are not in any way, shape, or form offering financial advice. Everything we share is speculation and opinion. Check your individual state laws to see if sports betting is legal or what options there are in your specific state. If you or anyone you know is addicted to gambling, call the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. Their info will also be in our show notes. And as always, lines are taken from BetMGM as per March 14th. 2023 pat what a freaking race we had last re- last week if you love red bull or you like actually seeing action because uh, we i think we had a pretty good race in our hands what do you think no definitely very interesting midfield and even towards the top outside of red bull is also very interesting this week so definitely shaping up to be some fun hopefully they can close the gap to red bull and everybody can get on the on the action but Still, a lot of excitement last week. It's it, it's honestly ridiculous. I mean, the, the the winning margin of the Red Bulls. I mean, uh, Sergio Perez a full twelve seconds ahead of Fernando Alonso and Verstappen. Actually, no, check that. Verstappen was twelve seconds ahead of Perez. Perez was a full thirty eight seconds ahead of Alonso. This was kind of an embarrassment for uh, the rest of the grid. In my opinion, I still am in the camp that Red Bull should have just been penalized points uh, to start this season, start them at negative 50 uh, and let them claw back um, because we'd at least have a championship, uh, you know, going on. But I don't want to, you know, raise the alarms race one, but certainly not the start we wanted to see for some of the teams. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And I mean, the gap can definitely close because Ferrari looked amazing last year, even with the two Red Bull DNFs. And by the end of the season, Red Bull was just smoking everybody. So a lot of things can happen. But yeah, not a great start that Max was basically just had to save his tires the entire race and was watching the video board for the people behind him, too. So not great for the rest of the grid. No, no, but I mean, so, so Pat, tell me about your favorite team. What's going on with Ferrari, man? Oh, Ferrari, back to their usual ways. Um, they made an interesting choice on Charles Leclerc's car already. He wanted to switch out some of the components in his engine, and apparently they did not correct, connect them correctly. So Charles's engine killed towards probably the middle of the race, and he that was a DNF. Um, I mean, Carlos did fine as well, but, I mean, your top driver, DNFing first race, it's not a good look for the new team and all the shakeup they had over the offseason that they're still doing the same thing. So, hopefully they figure their lives out, but who knows. You want to know kind of an insane stat that I saw the other day I would love regarding it. Max Verstappen and Ferrari? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's that essentially in the last two years, Max Verstappen has won 25 races. 
And Ferrari, in I believe the last decade, has only won 23. Yeah, yeah, math works out. Which is just absolutely flooring when you put that into perspective on just the greatness that we've seen from Red Bull and Max Verstappen in the past two years. And I would not be surprised if that number of race wins for Verstappen doubled uh, by sometime next year. I mean, he is just on a tear. I mean, a clear you know, 50 seconds ahead of the next fastest car, which wasn't even a Ferrari uh, (laughs) in this last race. I mean, again, don't want to sound the alarms yet. Uh, It's only race one. A lot of the teams have chances to, you know, catch up with, uh, you know, kind of their mid-season upgrades and everything. But, you know, I, I, I noticed with the Ferrari thing, isn't there something with you can only change that unit once or twice and then you start getting hit with penalties? What's the deal with that? Yeah, for the particular components that they were changing out, I think you can only change twice a season. So Charles already can only do it one more time this year. Or sorry, he's already out of them. Um, He did it before the race and then after the race again to get them working again correctly. So he's looking at a grid penalty pretty soon the next time they have to switch those out. So not a good look already. You normally don't deal with these engine grid penalties till towards the end of the season, but it might be a bit earlier for poor Leclerc. It makes me kind of wonder about Ferrari and that if we were pre, you know, cost cap, um, would they be able to just pump so much money into the season to try to get the car working the way they want it? But now their hands are tied. It, it makes you wonder um, with all the, the changes and everything. So really into that. But Pat, I think you called this out on the last podcast. Aston Martin the hype 100% delivers. I mean, what a race by Fernando Alonso and also the the one-handed man, Lance Stroll. No, definitely a great race for the uh, Aston Martin boys. I mean, it was great seeing Fernando so happy with the car. He was just complimenting back to the pit wall the whole way, saying how nice it is to drive, um, especially because Alonso been, has been known throughout his career to just make absolutely horrendous team jumps. So, Good to see him finally get one of those right, because he really is one of the best drivers on the grid, even though he's in his 40s. So, I mean, it's great to see him doing well again. And Lance Stroll earning a ton of respect this week after more news about his uh, wrist surgery came out, too. I, I have no idea how he actually got back in the car and did as well as he did. Finishing P6 ahead of George Russell, who was very impressive last year. So, Stroll definitely earning respect, even though he's been – woeful or rightfully criticized in the past for being a pay driver but Lance Stroll definitely getting some brownie points I was very impressed oh yeah no absolutely and then the 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 best part of of the whole ordeal you know Fernando Alonso singing Lance Stroll's praises you know saying that he's his role model or something like that (laughs) which coming from Alonso as you said where he's He's been quite the vocal driver in the past, like flipping people off as he's driven by them, you know, quite the polarizing figure and saying something of that high of praise in the race where Lance Stroll actually bumped into him, (laughs) which was so funny because Fernando Alonso, you know, if you were listening to their onboard, kept asking his race engineer, hey, whatever happened with the person who bumped me? Did they receive a penalty? What happened? And the pit wall kept saying, Fernando, it was a racing incident. Just please focus on the drive. You know, we're, we're trying to get P3. And, you know, and so I have to imagine that, you know, once they figured it all out, Alonzo's almost having a laugh and chalking it up to, 
Well, the guy, you know, recovered from wrist surgery 12 days ago and he came in P6. Uh, you know, maybe we let this one slide uh, just this time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the whole but, Aston Martin pit wall, just shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't give us a grid penalty. <laughs> exactly. No, I thought that was funny. And I almost wonder, you know, I, I'm not very up to date on just the, you know, the FIA and certain type of collisions and how they're properly assessed. Obviously, last year was quite uh, across the board on how they judged their rulings, per se. I wonder if, because both cars, you know, there was not a lot of damage, and it was the same team, that they're like, yeah, we're not going to penalize this because it's it's the same team, you know? Do you think maybe there was some a bit of that going? Yeah, they're a bit spotty on it. If I remember correctly, the bump was towards the beginning of the race, so usually you don't get a lot of penalties on that kind of stuff just because everybody's so bunched together, so... Not super surprised there was no penalty there. I could have seen them doing it, but really early on, I think the drivers get a lot more leeway because it is just so tough with so many cars around you at the beginning. All right, Pat. So now we have to go into the, one of my opinion, the most hilarious uh, team that I got to watch uh, for this race with the Alpines, <laughs> who I was singing their praises uh, last week, basically saying, they have it locked, you know. I, I was big hyping up their McLaren battle, uh, which I'll get to later. Uh, but Ocon, Esteban Ocon, the, and the penalties, which they actually were making TikToks about. I saw on Twitter, and I rolled my eyes a little bit uh, having Ocon do all of them. But yeah, what, what what happened with the penalties, man? Yeah, first one, Ocon didn't line up in his spot correctly for the start of the race. So like they had that little yellow box you got to get into and if you're in front of it or not lined up correctly then you'll get a time penalty for that so he got a five second penalty for lining up incorrectly so the way you have to serve it is you go in the pit lane nobody can touch the car for five ten seconds whatever it is and then the mechanics can start working on it but when Ocon went into the pits the mechanics waited for maybe two seconds and then started changing his tires doing all that they needed to do FIA said that is incorrect, and he got another 10-second penalty. So I think his total was 15, 20 seconds by the end of it. So, yeah, that was just not a good look or not a good day for Ocon. But Pierre Gasly, on the other hand, a little, little bit of celebration for the Alpine boys in the end of the day, scoring points in the debut. So not he all was is bad. Looking, he was looking spicy out on that track. I mean, going from, I believe he was started the grid in 20th. Mm -hmm. uh, basically going from uh, 20 all the way up to 9. Very, very impressive drive for Gasly. Uh, but yeah, the, the Ocon thing was hilarious. I was reading something that, for some reason, they don't have an official timekeeper from the FIA that is in the pit recording the time, and that it's one of the engineers with a stopwatch that essentially gives his guys the green light, or gives his team the green light, to begin working on the car. So I think that is absolutely laughable. And how is there not a more official penalty, you know, five second, hey, you get the green light and almost a light comes on in the pit wall to signify you're good to go. It baffles me. You know, if the FIA wants to listen to the podcast, we have some great ideas every now and then. Uh, yeah. we're, we're here to talk. Yeah, uh, just, uh, Pat, just, yeah. just taking the IRS approach. Like we know how much you owe, but we're not going to tell you when you uh, paid it all. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a true accountant, you love to see it. 
So, Pat, and I only want to talk about one more team here. You know, we can get into Mercedes and, you know, how their race was just kind of meh. Yeah. You know, a 5-7 and seven finish, respectfully, I mean, that isn't what you want to see from the likes of Lewis Hamilton. I mean, realistically, it probably should have been a 6-8 and eight finish if Leclerc uh, didn't DNF. Uh, but I really want to talk about just the worst team on the grid, uh, McLaren, um, right now is just absolutely, part of my French, crap uh, right now. Yeah. So, Or also Haas. I mean... Those are just really bad, but I, mainly McLaren because of Lando Norris and the quality of driver that we've seen uh, just fell off. So, so what do you got for McLaren? Yeah, McLaren just couldn't even get the car to run correctly. So Lando, which was probably my other favorite part of the weekend, he had some kind of like hydraulic issue, so he had to go into the pits like every ten laps or so, so they could add more fluid. And he was in the pits, I think, six times by the end of it, and. He didn't have a good race, so him and Ocon are just kind of fighting in the back due to Ocon's issue and then Lando's issue. So that was certainly a battle I didn't expect to see for last place. Um, then Oscar Piastri also had an issue. I think towards the middle of the race, the engine just completely killed on him. They had some kind of electrical issue, so had to retire the car. And after all the Oscar Piastri drama we saw over the offseason – not the debut he wanted after making so many headlines. So McLaren, not a good look right now, and maybe they'll figure their issues out. Reliability is one of those you can fix, but even still, the car didn't look particularly quick anyway, so it's going to be a tough year for them, I, I fear. <laughs> Absolutely, it's going to be a tough year. And, you know, I, I know I really loaded on Piastri um, in the last podcast, and I really felt bad. You know, he got the blue screen of death, that at one time or another you've gotten with your laptop you know i think mclaren is trying to be a little too cheeky you know we made fun of the android uh you know um what the visual advertisement that changes with then the google and everything so i I think it just all amounted to just uh, you knew that race was jinxed from the start uh and i so just want to go into say alpine i still think is a lock uh i don't know if you'll still have access to the bet or not but Alpine uh, over McLaren in the season, uh, it was minus 170. So not great odds, uh, but I did hammer that one because it felt very confident. So just before we talk about the next race, Saudi Arabia, I just want to shout out my unsung heroes. I have two unsung heroes for this race. Um, it's going to be Valtteri Botas in the Alfa Romeo, finishing in eighth place. He had an impressive drive. I believe he only had a two-stop, uh, both with hard, and really just stuck it in there with some of the best. I mean, he's a great driver, um, so it was just great to see him finish in eighth. And then last but not least, uh, Alex Albon in the Williams, finishing 10th. It is so cool to see Williams back, at least even scoring points. And again, we always have to take it with a grain of salt just because of the Ferrari and the Alpine DNFs, but still really cool to see uh, that blue Duracell car uh, in the points uh, for the what feels like the first time in a while. So really good to see. Yep, for sure. And one more to shout out, Logan Sargent. Didn't quite get into the points, but had the best race of any of the rookies today get a night, or in Bahrain getting a nice P12. So he's repping the red, white, and blue very proud. Hopefully we can see him get some points at some point. But, yeah, like you said, Jack, with some of the other DNFs, 
it may be a little tougher Williams to continually get close like that, but something crazy could happen, and maybe we see uh, Sargent getting in some points. So that'd be awesome to see. All it takes is a rainy Monaco and the Williams just doing its thing in seventh place, and Sargent gets it. You know, it it, it could be as simple as that. This isn't a sure. this isn't rocket science. You know, it's not. <laughs> All right, man. So on to the Saudi Arabia preview. This track I hate so much. It is so difficult. I the street races can be so complex sometimes. I, I hear I, I note that the fastest street circuit on the grid. So that is going to be very very testy for our rookie drivers. No, definitely will. Not a lot of like really slow turns in Jeddah. You have maybe two in there, but. It's very much foot down the whole time with some very fast turns mixed in. So super interesting to watch. Under the lights is also always pretty, like seeing those races. But yeah, definitely could be in for some carnage due to a lot of those fast corners. I think last year only 13 cars made to the checkered flag. So expect to see some pileups. I would be shocked if it was a fairly clean race. <laughs> oh, yeah. So actually, so some crazy stuff about the last race. Remember, that's when Mick Schumacher had a pretty bad crash in qualifying, so he did not even start the race. So mm. there were actually only 18 drivers uh, to start, Yuki Tsunoda also not starting. Yep. So was quite the insane uh, race. Some other notable uh, DNFs in that race uh, were Fernando Alonso in the Alpine and good old Danny Ricardo in the McLaren uh, back then. So, you know, definitely going to shake up to be something quite fun but pat as always we like to hit up a little free practice quality and then race winner bets and then uh maybe something uh, a little spicy at the end so pat free practice who you feeling who's gonna who's gonna start this one uh pedal to the metal breaking news charles leclerc to take a 10 place grid penalty to start the saudi arabia grand prix Please keep that in mind for the rest of the podcast. I think Fernando Alonso is going to be highly motivated after his DNF last year. He looked very quick in qualifying in Bahrain, but also two very different types of tracks. So I still like Fernando Alonso at plus 800. I think he's got a lot of momentum going right now. So with the odds where they are right now, I think Fernando Alonso is a good pick. I love it. I Fernando Alonso, I think, is going to be the hero that everyone wants this season. We haven't really heard his name a ton, just with the Alpine in the past. So I think it's a lot of fun seeing him up there. I am going to, and I hate that I'm going to say this, uh, Charles Leclerc. Uh, I'm going with him uh, for free practice one winner. I think Ferrari is going to need to make a statement in this free practice and basically instill that uh you know ferrari fear into the other teams because right now they're a bit of a laughing stock in my opinion and charles Leclerc also had the fastest uh lap time uh to start p uh, free practice one last year so i'm hoping they can bring some of that magic back he clearly knows how to handle the uh the fast pace of the track so uh that's what i'm uh, i'm gunning for there and that's at plus 350 uh, for those odds. And just to give you uh, some other sprinkle, Verstappen is at plus 150, Perez plus 350, and Carlos Sainz at plus 800, uh, tied with Fernando Alonso. So definitely some fun ones. Maybe if you are much like us, we like to sometimes just pick cars 
to win. So a uh, if you're picking a Aston Martin, Lance Stroll is at plus 2,000. So sprinkle a little on both. Uh, could be really fun rooting for the green um, in that uh, in that bet. So, Pat, take us into uh, fastest qualifier. Who do you got? Fastest quality. Sergio Perez has performed continually well on street circuits. He was your pole sitter last year at plus 550 in the Red Bull. I, I like Checo to maybe repeat his magic from last year. I know Max is kind of impossible to beat, but if there's a place Checo can do it, it's a street circuit. So give me Checo at plus 550. I like it. I like it. So I am going to be a bummer of a pick. And I just, I, I always tell myself I'm not going to pick for Stappen. It's just a lame pick. But he seems unstoppable. Do I agree that if Leclerc got that other lap for Bahrain, that he would have gotten pulled? Maybe. Maybe not. But Verstappen at plus 120. Uh, I just I, I just think it's too good. The car is too quick from what we've seen. I at least want to see how it does on a street circuit, so I'll put a little sprinkle a little money on Verstappen at plus 120. And then just to give you an idea, Charles Leclerc is at plus 225. As Pat just mentioned, Sergio Perez at plus 550. And then Alonso at plus 700. I don't think he can pull off a pole, but a free practice uh, in my opinion. I definitely think he'll make it to Q3, um, if anything. But, Pat, let's talk about the big dance, the race. Let, let, let's maybe just have some banter, you know. Let So just to give the viewers an idea, Max Verstappen, before any sort of qualifying, free practice, anything, is already minus 200 to win the race. That's a that's a yeah. bit gross, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, if it was minus 150, maybe I would consider. But minus 200, I mean... You're betting ten dollars to win five. That feels a bit yuck. Um, yeah. So, so, but Pat, who who do you like here? You know, just with you know some of the history and everything. Like, obviously, we know Max won it last year. But what are you feeling? Yeah, Max won it last year. Had a nice heated battle with Charles Leclerc, and I gotta give some for Ferrari love. Charles Leclerc sitting at plus nine hundred to win the race. So, he my pole sitter at uh, Sergio Perez at plus four fifty also looks pretty good, but. Last year was a bit back and forth at the beginning of the championship fight, so hopefully Ferrari works out some of their issues and can punch one back at Red Bull. So Charles Leclerc plus 900, I do like a lot. So I think because Verstappen is already so favored, I am very much going to do my strategy I did last year, which just lost me a lot of money. Uh, but, hey, you never know. Uh, you know, we... You, we're not experts. I mean, we're having fun making the podcast, but and we watch F1. I mean, if you're listening, you probably do the same, and you want just a more like-minded individual. But I am going to bet the grid against Verstappen. So we're literally going Sergio Perez all the way down to Nick DeVries and Yuki Sonoda at plus 250000 and I'm going to sprinkle some money on everyone and just hoping that, hey, let's just see if Max, you know, doesn't have the perfect race maybe he has a slow pit stop maybe he gets held up in traffic maybe there's a huge collision and there is you know a safety car for 10 laps and he loses his you know 50 second lead who knows uh but i'm going to root for anyone other than max verstappen uh to win there um oh. but pat you got you got any more thoughts uh on uh on this race in terms of winners or anything 
Nope, I like it a lot. Betting the grid is always fun and the namesake of this podcast. So it's always a good strategy, especially if Max is sitting at such crazy odds. You might as well have a little bit of fun with it. (laughs) I like it. I like it. But all right, Pat, take us into your favorite segment of the show, Fastest Pit Team. Fastest Fastest Pit pit Stop. stop. Yeah, the Red Bull and AlphaTauri theory last week did not quite work. Uh, There was actually a shocking winner last week. Ferrari took the win for Fastest Pit Stop. I uh, know they they want something. It's crazy, uh, but uh, last week they were sitting at plus eleven hundred at the time of the podcast. So odds have adjusted accordingly. This week they're only sitting at plus two fifty, and Red Bull's the favorite at minus one hundred five. And I don't really want to bet a favorite for this because it's just such a crapshoot. So I'm still riding with AlphaTauri. They were quick last year. Plus fourteen hundred is crazy good for how good they were. So. Who knows, maybe some of the mechanics turned over from last year. But until I get a little bit more data, because it's a very scientific bet here, I'm going to ride with AlphaTauri. I love it. I love it. And I'm actually going to ride with McLaren uh, Mm. because, one, I hope that both of their cars continually uh, can actually race. And, two, with the amount of times they had to go in the pit, I'm hoping that their team has it together. They had a lot of practical experience, you know, Granted, it was because they had to keep. What, what were they doing? They were giving the car keep like uh, refueling, like their hydraulic fuel or something or hydraulic fluid. But yeah, yeah they had to like just pump that in every single time. Yeah, so 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 the team got used to seeing the car in the pits. You know, they got they got kind of their first race jitters out of the way. So it's the only time I will probably bet McLaren uh, this season is is that. <laughs> uh, that's a valid strategy. I mean, yeah, the amount of reps you get, it's bound to pay off at some point. <laughs> It's bound to pay off, but Pat, that kind of wraps us up for today. Any uh, closing comments uh, before we head into the race weekend? Nope, looking forward to it. Jet is always fun. Hopefully somebody can take down Max. I love it. Yep, betting the grid. As always, Pat, a pleasure, and we will catch you uh, next time with episode three of Betting the Grid. Remember, 23 episodes for 2023. Until next time. (laughs) 